You cannot walk into a presentation with stakeholders and say, ta-da, here they are. That's not our job. And I would say 99.9% of the time, the reaction you're going to get is, ta-da, what? What am I looking at? What am I seeing here? The last time we walked away, all these thoughts were ambiguous thoughts and, and ideas. And now I see actual wireframes. What am I staring at? Welcome back. You're listening to episode 98 of Design Today. I'm your host, Dylan Winspear, and my mission is to help you improve your UX game from beginning to end. Whether you're fresh out of school or five years in, my goal is to help you figure out the next step to excel in your career. If you're feeling stuck in your journey, maybe it's you can't seem to land a job or you can't seem to get that promotion, let me encourage you to schedule a coaching session with me. In an hour's time, we can figure out how to clear your path and get you headed in the right direction. Recently, I've been able to conduct a couple mock interviews to help those trying to land a job get some practice under their belt. Along with the interview, we finish off with an assessment to know where you can improve. This seems to do the trick for many, and it highlights a few points that with some minor tweaking, we can get you that job offer or promotion. Head to designtoday.com and click on the coaching tab to sign up. And as always, your support means a ton. Even the little things that you might find trivial, like sharing, commenting, or engaging in an episode, means a lot. And I thank you, the listeners, for that. For today's episode, Uncle Mikey and I are back with part three of our Soft Skills mini-series. If you just happen to be diving into it today and you've missed the last couple in this mini-series, here's a little recap. A study conducted some time back pointed out that only 15% of workplace success was based off your actual hard skills. That means that if you're struggling to collaborate with your peers or you don't feel like you've gotten a seat at the table, then it's probably not another hard skill that's gonna make the difference. Soft skills are the skills that lead to better collaboration, better communication, better understanding, and leadership. These skills will contribute to the other 85% of workplace success. Everyone has room for improvement, and if you're ready to start on that soft skills journey, then let me encourage you to head back to episode 94, where Uncle Mikey and I get started on this mini-series. Over the next few weeks, we'll be continuing to unpack a few insights and stories that we've found impactful in our lives, and each week we'll leave you with a challenge to improve. If you're taking those challenges, then let me invite you to share your insights with Uncle Mikey and I via Design Today's Slack channel or wherever you connect with us online. Today's episode, we dive into the topic of collaborating in groups with a specific focus on articulating your thoughts and taking your peers on your design journey. It's another fun one with Uncle Mikey, so let's go ahead now and jump into this episode. Uncle Mikey with the goatee back on the mic. What's going on, Mike? <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> Thought I'd rock the goatee, but nobody can see it. Nobody also, can see you. They also can't see that we're both wearing like the same shirt today, practically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I did not. I did not call you, <laughs> but and ask you, you what you were wearing. But you look really good, man. And it's a bummer Thanks. that nobody can see right? You right now. If they could see what I could see, holy smokes! <laughs> I miss those YouTube videos, Dylan. Ugh. They would be swooning over you. Holy, <laughs> holy! Uh, Mike, how's your week been? Uh, it's been really good. I yeah, I've tried some new things this week, especially for work, that have really put me in a good mood. So. Oh yeah, I'm smiling. Yeah, things are. You're you're doing some uh, remote usability testing. Yeah. Is that keeping you excited? Well, I mean, with everything that's changed and having to just adapt to how we interview customers. I mean, I'm not sitting down with any customers. They're all over Zoom. They're all over. Yeah. You know these 
these different ways that we test. So I'm just trying to make it more personable. I want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel I I was I was mentioning it earlier. I kind of just went off script at the beginning. Usually I'm like, you know, very hey, my name is Mike and this is what I do and thanks for joining me. Now it's just like, how are you? Tell me how mm-hmm. you, you know, how your week has been. Tell me mm-hmm. one good thing that's happened this week. And people are just, whoa, they want to, okay, let's talk, you know. And all of a sudden I'm learning about their kid that's, you know, off in a motorcycle race. And it's just been really fun. That's cool. So it's put me in a good mood. The work we do is wonderful. <laughs> Isn't it refreshing to have those conversations and realize that, you know, human interaction is at the core of what we do. And you know what? I've missed human interaction this year. Yeah. It's been difficult. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a good week. How's your week been? Uh, it has been interesting. Not a good day to ask me how my week has been. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask you on a different day. I have, uh, I, I've unfortunately, you know what? And I, I will talk about this actually. I've unfortunately slept for six hours in the last three days. Dylan, that's not yeah, good. Yeah, it's not good, man. And it's, uh, it's a real unhealthy situation to be in. And the thing that really sucks is it's not for the lack of wanting or trying, mm. uh, but I can't actually get my body to shut down at night. I can't get my brain to turn off. And I think anxiety and stress are starting to get the best of me and it's having a physical toll. Um, and, and the reason I'm okay with sh- sharing this right now is because, you know, I've conducted uh, a handful of like one-on-one, you know, meetings with the individuals on my team this week. And, you know, even people outside of my team, I think there's a common thread now where people are just, they're not doing great right now. Yeah. You know, and it's hard to say life is good when this has been a tough year and we've been tried and tested in so many different ways that, uh, you know, plans are out the window and expectations have been thrown for a loop that it's been tough. And I guess I'm all right sharing this because, um, I, I want to, I, I want the design today audience to feel that it's okay to struggle. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an important thing to me. And I think talking about that is important that if you're not doing a hundred percent, that's okay. Do your best. And that's all we can do. This has not been an easy year for any of us. And, uh, you know, some days, some days you can literally give it your all and that all is not up to your standard, but that's, that's the best you can do and, and pat yourself on the back for it as opposed to getting down on yourself. No, I think it's fantastic. I, my wife and I were just talking about it this morning. I mean, I, I started this work from home thing back in March. There was still mm-hmm. a little bit of snow on the ground. You know, it's been what, eight months now. And I look out there, I live up in Idaho. I look out there uh-huh. and we've got two inches of snow on the ground again. And I'm just yeah. like, what in the world? Like we are back, you know, almost we're coming up on a year on this, but uh-huh. something else too, that, that I think has been really, uh, maybe this is a different twist on it, but really impressive for our family is to watch my nine-year-old through all this. We actually have him at home for school and that kid, I mean, we have so many things going on. I'm working all day. My wife's got two other kids to wrangle, you know, throughout the day. He is rocking all A's and a B on all of his fourth grade assignments. And and I'm just like, how are you, like, how is a nine-year-old being that focused and that committed and <laughs> that's nothing on me and my parenting. Like he's just right. up there rocking it, you know, out of, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can learn from him where he's getting this, 
drive and motivation, the the productivity that he has, the the ability he has to just keep after it and keep going. It's really impressive. I think there's a lot on these kids too. And then as yeah. parents, as friends, as coworkers, I love you bring that up because man, there's just I mean, my my wife's dealt with just a really mean bout of depression and it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, bled off on me and at times and man, it's struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle is real. And and I think you point out a good thing. I think this year has presented a lot of higher highs and a lot of lower lows. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah. And uh, you know what? As the listeners of the Design Tip Day podcast, we should just be grateful that we've got Uncle Mikey here today to cheer us all up. <laughs> I will do my best. Well, you, <laughs> no pressure. You kind of you kind of made that hard when you made me take this test. You know, last last episode uh, that we were on for this yep. series, we we took a test. We did it too. And my goodness, the challenge. I, yeah, the challenge. Yep. I should just start every episode with that voice. There we go. That's impressive. Uh, in a time. Um, <laughs> it, it was sorry um that was hard man that assessment yeah. was difficult uh i i failed in an area where i didn't think i was going to fail mm. it's an area where uncle mikey's always out there talking about applying your ux skills to the way people experience you and blah 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 and i i failed in emotional intelligence i mean sure yeah. i was gonna i was gonna have a low score in something there and it was probably gonna right. bother me but for it to be emotional intelligence that kind of knocked me upside the head. Like oh. I, I thought I understood what I had going on and what sure. other people had going on. And I had this ability to regulate emotions and understand sure. them. Apparently not because I tried the test two other times and I still <laughs> failed in that area. Well, before we jump into it in too great of detail, I want to back up just a second and talk high level about this test, right? So last yeah. week's challenge was to take this self-assessment, and it was an emotional intelligence soft skills assessment. Uh, it categorized your results into four different categories. It was listening skills, emotional intelligence, verbal communication, and communicating in groups. Uh, it gave each of those four areas an individual score and then told you where you're at in comparison to averages. And then you got a total score uh, as well. Uh, so do you feel comfortable sharing your scores? Sure. Absolutely. Do you want me to go first? I'm curious <laughs> on, before we we go into the, our deep dive on our weaker ones, uh, I'm curious if uh, we could just hit on total scores and then the the section scores as well. Let's do it. You go first, though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I do agree that uh, my scores in a couple areas did cause me to gasp a little bit. Yeah. My total score was 68%. Okay, I, 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 I can't share mine. I'm Why? Just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mine was 54%, guys. 5-4. Yeah, you know what? And, and I think it's worth bringing up because, again we've got a growth mindset on this uh, mini series here. So there's always ways of improving. Uh, as I go through mine, I'll rattle off my score. You rattle off your score. Is that good? That works. Listening skills. I scored a 67. Listening skills. I scored a 52 average. Yeah. I think we're going to be talking about listening skills in the future. Yep. Um, emotional intelligence. I scored... Oh, Peter just shut off. I scored 72. That's my low one, 45%. 
below average. And we're gonna we're gonna get into that one. So I don't want to. I'm not mm. brushing over this because we're we're glazing past the details. But we're gonna get into that one. Verbal communication is actually the one that I scored the best on, which I scored at 84. percent And that's the one I scored the best on as well, which I scored at 73. percent I think you're hard on yourself, Mikey. <laughs> and I think that is true. I think even going through it a second time, I didn't, you know, I didn't even give it a second thought. I just said, no, that's where I'm at. Because yeah, I do I, feel like that is my strong area, but I was really surprised at the low scores in the other areas. I, I think it's worth pointing out that as we are rattling off our scores, it's not a comparison score. It's relative. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that you're, as if you're listening, if you've taken the assessment yourself, uh, you're not comparing you know, where you are in comparison to Uncle Mikey. You're comparing yourself to where you are in relationship to the other section. So this should point out where you need to improve and where you might be doing pretty good on. Yeah. Um, so communicating in groups was the last one. And that's where I actually scored the worst. I scored a 53. And I scored a 47, which was my second lowest score, 47%. And, and you and I chatted briefly last week as we were, were kind of prepping for this one, looking at our scores. I knew my communicating in groups was going to be a lower one. Uh, there's a lot of variables that go into play for that one for me. The listing skills, I was surprised by my score there. I, it says that it was average at 67%. Um, I would have liked to think that I would have been better at listing skills. but <laughs> I mean, I've been listening on podcasts for over two years right? now, but apparently I'm not down. even a good listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I looked at the communicating in groups one and, you know, it gives you for those of you that took it and got the results, it, it does give you some suggestions. And for me, looking at it, I I noticed that uh, all of those things were things that I could probably apply. Yeah. And we'll talk about more of those things. Yeah. But I kind of liked in, in the results that we got that they gave a few takeaways, a few things to try, a few articles you could jump into to learn more. But uh, I, yeah, very, very surprising results. And I think you're right. I think I'm a little hard on myself in some areas, but for sure you are. <laughs> but and, I, I, and, and I'm probably high on myself. So, you know, that's why I'm saying it's probably relative. Yeah, yeah. But it definitely opened my eyes. Uh, it was a really, really good assessment to take. And there are plenty of other ones out there, but this was easy to do and easy to to take action on. So because you and I both struggled in that communicating groups, uh, communicating in groups. That's where uh, we decided to focus some of our thoughts on today. Um, The idea of articulating your thoughts in these group settings is a difficult one for individuals. Um, And it's one that takes practice. Before we, I I, I guess, you know, jumping into this topic, uh, do you have any thoughts off the cuff about this section here? One of the best things I read about articulating your thoughts, or at least understanding where that that terminology comes from. I'm going to have to find the reference, but there was a podcast I was listening to. I think it was through the Envision podcast Mm -hmm. uh, about Mm -hmm. a year ago. And I want to say it was either Eli Woolery. It was, I think, you know, the host or it was some Mm -hmm. or, or the guest. I'll have to go look. But he said he mentioned putting a narrative to the thoughts that are playing out in our head. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, what does that mean? Well, for me, putting a narrative to what's going like that's probably an area where people really struggle. Is we have some really good thoughts bouncing around in our heads, especially in meetings. Our brains aren't, you know, they're they're either engaged in the conversation or we're totally checked out and thinking about something else. But our brains are working, 
and they're doing something during that meeting or during a group conversation, a social setting, whatever. Being able to to take that internal narrative and put it in an audible form, you know, get the words out. That is where so many people struggle, whether it be through stress or nervousness to speak up or feeling like you don't have anything good to say or just my, my one of my sisters, uh, she she calls she has a problem with this and she calls it diarrhea of the mouth mm-hmm. because she doesn't think uh, before she speaks and sometimes it gets her into trouble. And, and I think. What ends up happening is we start throwing in filler words because we're still thinking through how we want to say it. We'll say things like, uh, I, um, like, uh, you know, we do that. And then people just start tallying on a piece of paper how many times we say, uh, in a conversation. They don't even listen to what we say. <laughs> so there are lots of techniques, but that, you know, to fix yeah. it. But I think that's kind of for me where it comes from is you've got this internal narrative playing out in your head. How do you, how do you, Take that and express it in a, a spoken form in a way that does show that you can think clearly, that does show you know what people are talking about in a meeting, that does show that you have good ideas. We have lots of us have lots of good ideas and we want to contribute to a project or to the company goals or whatever, but we just can't seem to articulate what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. What do and you think people, about it? Yeah. And some people are stronger at it than others in the sense of like, they can process their thoughts and turn them into words faster than others. And so two people may have the exact same ability to say the same thing and one person can do it faster than another. And that's, you know, there's, there's a, that's a variable. How quickly can you choose your words and, and, and turn around and articulate them? Uh, I just did an episode not too long ago that will be coming out here mid-November with a uh, a woman named Lauren Madsen who does uh, voice design. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came up in her episode was uh, that our brains are faster than any supercomputer that we could even imagine today because of how much we're processing all at one time. And it's really interesting to, to think of that brain as a muscle and as a muscle that needs to get trained, the more you work at it, the, the, the more you can improve. For me personally, words are important to me. And I try to be very intentional with the words that I choose. Uh, and if I make a statement where I actually don't agree with what I just said, and maybe you've even picked this up, I'm quick to go back and actually rephrase it. Because if I say something I didn't mean to say, I want to say it the right way. Uh, because there's intent behind the words. I'm not a fan of filler words. It's a it's a pet peeve of mine when people use like analogies or metaphors, and they say like two different metaphors that both meant the same thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't need the second metaphor. I got it the first time. <laughs> but I think people are using those filler words or filler metaphors as they help process what it is that they're trying to articulate. And so therefore, there are so many variables in a play. And another variable that I personally struggle with is that I like to find a way to inject my personality into what I share. Sure, yeah. And humor is something that I love. Uh, Not saying I'm a funny person, but I love humor. And my sense of humor is different than other individuals. It tends to be very dry. It tends to be very sarcastic. Uh, And so I do have to be careful in how I interject dry and sarcastic humor, especially in a professional setting, (laughs) because sometimes that's not appropriate. Yeah. And so there's a lot of variables at play here. Um, 
and as we're we're kind of scratching the surface of it right now, I, I think it's just important to recognize that for you individually, what are the variables that are important to you? Where do you struggle? And where is it that you actually want to work on? And we're going to talk a, a couple about a couple of these things here real quick. Um, one of them that you and I have both agreed on is the idea of taking people on a journey. Mm-hmm. You want to introduce that that topic or that idea for our listeners? Sure. And maybe I'll even preface that with, in order to take someone on a journey uh, of a design decision that you're making, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, a, a button color all the way to, you know, a full customer journey map that you, you're about to present. No matter the the journey you're taking the audience on of one or 10 in a meeting or in whatever setting, if you have not taken the time to seek context, I mean, that's another mm-hmm. That's another thing that plays big into all of this. If you haven't taken the time to seek context around what you're about to talk about, you're going to fall flat on your face yep, with these struggle. discussions. You're going to struggle because there's a lot at play. There's there's the people that are in the room and the whole reason why those people are in the room. I remember in my last job working there, just just understanding who was going to be in the room for a meeting completely changed how and what I would present. I would mm-hmm. maybe present something in wireframe form or without color because I knew, you know, our, our chief marketing officer was going to be there. And I didn't want the discussion to revolve around color. I wanted it to be about yeah. a flow or, you know, yep. or something. So seeking context is probably the first thing that I would encourage people to work on. Uncover why people are in the room, why you've made a decision that you're about to make. Uh, really being able to lean into the conversation and and look for for clues um about what people are saying in the conversation and as you can do that and and you're and you're patient with yourself and you and you're patient with the advice you're giving or the responses you're giving and that's why I like what you said sometimes we'll say something but if you can catch it and rephrase or we we tend to do that we tend to think and talk at the same time. And they're like, oh, I got to I gotta let that catch up a little with bit. That. Yeah, I struggle <laughs> with that. But really seeking context, it, it, it's tightly connected with other skills we'll, we'll talk yeah. about, you know, being an active listener. And, but seeking context to take someone on a journey, you've got to know, yeah. you know, the goals behind Love that. what the product manager's strategy is, what the business goals are. That that's really a, a big transition a junior designer makes into a senior level position is being able to talk at a business level and yeah. and articulate your thoughts and how those play into business goals, uh, the the team's goals, the the customer goals, of course. But you've yep. got to be able to uncover context first, or it just isn't. It it is just going to be a, a a thought flow that spews out of your mouth, and it's not you. It's not. You know you're capable of more. You just haven't sought context first to take them on that design journey to explain and, why you made a decision. And that's such a regretful experience to walk out of that meeting going like, mm-hmm. dang it, I didn't do it the way I wanted to do it. And I was so excited and I was so excited about this project. And I was so excited to show my skills and I didn't do it justice. And so I like this tip that you're sharing about uh, seeking context beforehand uh, and then seeking context in the conversation itself, in the presentation itself. 
One of the tips that I, I, I would like to share as well is there's no better practice for articulating your thoughts other than practice itself. And, it, it, you know, to go to the Allen Iverson uh, quote, maybe people don't even get this, we're not even basketball fans, but <laughs> Allen Iverson, we talking about practice? <laughs> yes, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about practice. You cannot, as a UX designer, walk into a presentation. Let's say you're you're presenting mocks. You cannot walk into a presentation with stakeholders and say, ta-da, here they are. That's not our job. Yep. And, and I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, the reaction you're going to get is, ta-da, what? What am I looking at? What am I seeing here? The last time we walked away, all these thoughts were ambiguous thoughts and, and ideas. And now I see actual wireframes. What am I staring at? And we've got this, maybe because we've put so much work into getting uh, the project from A to B that we do feel a sense of ta-da when we get to get to B, but sure. nobody else has made that jump yet. So that's where this idea of like, take them on the journey uh, comes into play here. So first the tip is practice, prepare for that conversation by identifying what your journey was. You walked away from your previous meeting with these takeaways. The first thing you did is you went back to your desk, you held a collaboration session with these key stakeholders. You moved on to this part of the project. You iterated here. You did some testing there. You had, you came up with these conclusions here, which informed this decision there. And now we're in today's meeting and I want to uh, present these mocks and see if we're on the right you know, playing field, right? That's your overview. And then you're gonna go into more detail on what those steps were. By giving that to everyone in that meeting, they can see, okay, you have gone from A to B. Here's a couple of those highlights and how you got there. And now we're going to go into more detail, right? And, and again, it's like narrating a story. And yeah. we talked about storytelling being one of these uh, key uh, components of communicating in groups. But it, it, it's, I think there's a reason when you open up a book, you see your chapter summaries in there. To give you an idea, and unless it's like a fictional book where you know the chapter titles aren't <laughs> going to make a, a, an idea to you anyways, but if you're reading a business book, you will look at your chapter, chapter summaries and get an idea of what you're going to find in each chapter. And there's a reason they put that context at the beginning of a book. And I think as UX designers walking into a meeting, preparing to articulate your thoughts, you can do the same thing. Lay out the overview, Help them understand how you got from A to B, and then begin to take them on the journey. I, that, that'd be one bit of advice that I'd like to share. And I, I think that, I don't know, uh, uh, the name is escaping me right now, but one of the best storytellers at Pixar, his three words that absolutely apply uh, when he is you know, teaching people to be a better storyteller mm -hmm. is make me care. So when mm -hmm. you get in that meeting, that's what they're thinking, you know, make me care about what you're about to say. How can you make someone care about this presentation, this design decision? Make me care. Make me care to be here. Make me care to listen. And it's all about that journey. It's bringing them along in the journey of where you've been, where you're at now, and where you hope this will take you, you know, in the future. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and if you, sorry, go ahead, go ahead Mike. No, well, no, you. Just, I was just going to say uh, that has that has proven valuable for me time and time again. I, mm -hmm. I've tried this that you're talking about where where you you say this is how we got it. You don't have to spend a long time I and mean, we're not no. we're not saying write a novel to your stakeholders about this. It's 
a real actionable way to just say to to bring them up to speed and bring them along. Yeah. And and I was going to say this occurred to me as you're just talking right there is that if you if you do want to have that ta-da moment then bring them on the journey so that we can all arrive at the ta-da at the same time. And that is a rewarding experience, especially if you ran into like no hiccups along the way and everyone's in complete <laughs> agreement at the end, which, you know, may be a myth uh, in and of itself. But to arrive at the ta-da, you've got to tell the story. If you want a climax to your your story, you've got to have a buildup. You yep. can't just have a climax or else it won't make sense. And I think that we know and and the listeners know this this is not the easiest thing to just flip a switch and and turn this on and you, all of a sudden you can articulate your design decisions you can articulate your thoughts in a conversation however mm-hmm. we've kind of been talking about this and i i want to i want to issue issue a challenge to the listeners this week because mm-hmm. this is something that i don't even want to do but i i need to because i know <laughs> where i need to I need to be better at communicating in groups. So I'm just going to challenge everyone this week to hit record. And what do I mean by that? Hit record in your next Zoom meeting. Hit record in your next conversation with a friend with, I don't care what it is, particularly since we're talking about soft skills in, in, in our careers. Let's hit record in a meeting and listen to yourself. Play it back. You know, if you need to if you need to ask somebody for permission to record, that's fine. But we've all got an iPhone. We all have, we're all using Zoom and WebEx and Teams and all these different platforms now. My advice and challenge that I'm going to take on, that Dylan's going to take on, mm-hmm. hit the record button and listen to yourself. Now, this isn't an after the fact. This is, you know, going back and analyzing. But the challenge would be just that I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to myself and see if I am bringing people along, see if I am. Um, using, you know, I failed in the emotional intelligence too. I'm going to pick out those areas. And so if you want to do anything this week to improve your ability to articulate design decisions and, and conversational decisions and then hit record. What do you think about that challenge? Love it. Love it. You know, this is a this is a great idea. Hit record in your upcoming meeting that you're presenting in, uh, or if your upcoming meeting is, you know, two weeks out and you're preparing for it, jump into QuickTime or a Zoom and record yourself practicing giving that presentation. Yeah. If you give your presentation even a single run through prior to the presentation, your presentation is going to be a bit better. It just is. It's practice. So uh, I, I appreciate these insights. I appreciate your challenge, Mike. Yep, you bet. It's going to be hard. <laughs> it will be hard. I don't want to uh, listen to myself. <laughs> I listen to myself too much. But uh, we, we will t- take this challenge, and this will this will be a good experience for everyone. So, uh, and this is going to lead into our topic for next week as well. I think next week our uh, game plan is to talk a little bit about. I keep saying next week on these. That's actually not what I mean. Because <laughs> by next week I mean next time you and I record. <laughs> it's actually going to be in a week we record and two weeks before it's live. Anyways, uh, next time on the mini series with Uncle Mikey, we're going to be talking about that group collaboration again, and we're going back into this metaphorical meeting and how we can pick up on body language, how we can read a room, how we can engage others. Um, that will be our topic next time around. So thank you for joining along on the mini series thus far. We hope you've been uh, enjoying what we've been sharing. Um, we do ask that if you're taking these challenges, jump into the Design Today Slack channel, share some updates, shoot us a message. I'd, I'd love to hear some of the results that you guys are having uh, with these challenges yourself. Uh, 
uh, just so that Uncle Mikey and I don't embarrass ourselves uh, to the adult, nobody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Uncle Mikey, for joining me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Later. That's a wrap on another episode. Thank you for choosing to listen to Design Today. Check out our website at designtoday.com. There you'll find all of our past episodes, resources, links to join our Slack community, and even an option to sign up for a career coaching session with me. If this episode has provided any level of value to you, then consider subscribing. There's so much more to come with episodes launching every single Tuesday. If you're already subscribed, then thank you. Consider leaving a rating or a review. Share this episode with a friend or coworker. As always, your support means a ton and it goes a long way. Until next time, this is Dylan Winspear encouraging you to keep pushing and design something new today.